Welcome to Radio 5G, where we sort fact from fiction, conspiracy from falsehood, reality from the unknown. And by doing so, we change the collective consciousness of humanity. A production of CosmicReality.com Welcome to Radio 5G and a pre-recorded show that will play on May 3rd, 2023. We're going to be discussing the greatest human rights crisis we face. It can be put into categories such as child abduction, child labor, child sacrifice, and many more. This is not an easy subject. Yet it might be the key to comprehending the war we are engaged in, whether knowingly or not. It is time every human comes to a knowing. If we do not confront what is happening to children in the hundreds of thousands, we can never know who our enemy really is. The overview of the child abuse is a discussion between Christy Lay and Liz Crokin on Rumble Station AMP News from April 28th. Identifying our ultimate enemy is Dr. Lee Merritt being interviewed by Sarah Westall from April 25th. I suspect you will come away with lots of questions. Mark Joseph and myself, Nancy Hopkins, will try to anticipate some of those questions in the second hour. The reason I chose this topic is because Liz Crokin presents her story of how she got involved in uncovering the connection with children. She was, at the time, a successful mainstream news media personality until she went down the rabbit hole and took the red pill. Hearing her makes swallowing the truth easier. She focuses not on what, but how it has been allowed to continue. We will see you in the next hour. Thank you for listening. We get caught up in a lot of distractions. Right now, we seem to be in a media meltdown over change-ups at CNN and Fox News over the departure of Don Lemon gloriously overshadowed by Tucker Carlson parting ways with Fox News. We will have some fascinating inside baseball on that. But what is arguably the most important topic is the war on our children, undoubtedly rooted in a spiritual battle. Our special guest today is on the front lines of this fight, another former mainstream media maiden who gave it all up for a higher calling. Today is Thursday, April 27th. I'm Christy Lee, and this is The Counter Narrative. Very important topic today. We've seen the war on our kids in the public school system, this sudden push to have men dressed up as scantily clad women dancing and reading to kids, and knowing there's even more sex trafficking going on with an open border. But creepy Joe Biden, he just said the quiet part out loud. Rebecca put a teacher's creed into words when she said, there's no such thing as someone else's child. No such thing as someone else's child. Our nation's children are all our children. No, no, no. My children are my children, 100%. 
not the nation's children. And, and I mean, get this. So first, this administration wants to make it easier for you to kill your kids before they're even born. But if you do happen to have a child, the government is claiming ownership. No. No, it doesn't work like that. As the Federalist reports, it's Biden's careless migrant sponsor system that is sending kids into slavery under the cartels and America's careless administration. Children are used and abused in the sex trade until they are reduced to nothing. And other children and young adults are being forced into the grueling labor of meatpacking, agricultural and hospitality hospitality jobs. One whistleblower, Tara Lee Rodas, exposed the lack of checks and balances in the immigration process. She's revealing that sponsors who typically are not legal citizens or permanent residents threaten children whom they call their products with deportation to ensure their servitude. And then we have horror stories like this one. National File, accused pedophile socialite, worked at pro-trans ready kits. The left always tries to say there's not a connection between the LGBTQ agenda and pedophilia, but reality always contradicts that. The article says Eleanor uh, Hope, the Virginia socialite you see there, an ex-wife of a federal judge who was arrested by the FBI in an anti-pedophile sting operation, well, in text messages that Hop sent to an investigator, she described in detail the plan she had for raping an eight-year-old girl. Disgusting. This eight-year-old girl, thankfully, didn't truly exist, but was the creation of the investigative team, unbeknownst to Hope. This monster previously worked at pro-trans, pro-gay Ready Kids, a Charlottesville nonprofit that maintains direct access to children through counseling and family support programs. In addition to employing accused pedophile Eleanor Hope, Ready Kids outwardly supports the LGBT grooming and transgenital mutilation of children. The group's website features an upside-down rainbow triangle beneath a group of children and adults holding hands. And then there's this. Boy Scout leader sexually assaulted 12-year-old Scout hundreds of times, DE cops say. That's coming from the News and Observer. Nearly 5,000 cases of sexual abuse within the Boy Scouts of America since 1947 were revealed in an investigation into court records by the Los Angeles Times, according to the newspaper. These crimes against humanity aren't talked about enough. And so it... It's, it's so disgusting. Many of us would rather keep it in the shadows than have to face how entire generations are being destroyed. Well, Liz Crokin is helping bring a lot of this depravity out of the shadows, as is the name of her viral documentary that's been viewed by over 100 million people globally and translated into multiple languages. Crokin is an award-winning author, an independent investigative journalist, and a documentary film producer best known for her relentless work exposing sex trafficking. She's also executive produced Slave Princess, released in the fall of 2021. That's the documentary film covering Britney Spears' illicit conservator conservatorship and the systemic corruption surrounding it involving media, Hollywood, and the government. Now, I don't want to delay bringing Liz on, so we're going to dig more into Liz's fascinating background as she joins us. Thank you so much for coming on with me, Liz. Thank you so much for having me, Christy. It's amazing. I mean, I remember seeing years ago Out of Shadows, and just one thing that struck me, because I was still in the system, I was still a news anchor at the time, was like, wow, like she was really successful. Like she was doing all these things with... um, these mainstream, if you will, uh, news organizations. And then she really put it all out on the line to come out with this. And I mean, I of course found it fascinating. I've always loved documentaries in general. Um, So let's talk about that background. Um, That that's where you started out, right? Similar to me, traditional media. 
Yeah, so my background is in mainstream media, and I worked in mainstream media for over 15 years, and I kind of weaved in and out of hard news and um, entertainment journalism. And then in 2015, 2016, I got back into hard news because I felt very passionate about politics and what was going on in the country and um, particularly the election. And so I, I got back into hard news to focus on um, election stories. And at the time I was working for the New York Observer and Town Hall, and then I freelanced for a few other places. And, um, and then what happened is I ended up reading the Podesta emails when they came out via WikiLeaks and went down the Pizzagate rabbit hole and realized that Pizzagate's free and these elite pedophile rings are very real and um, no one in the mainstream media was telling the truth about it. And I was able to cover sex trafficking a little bit for some media outlets that I was working for, but eventually I was basically told that I was no longer allowed to cover sex trafficking um, and, and or I was fired from my jobs. So, you know, I, I mean, at that point though, I didn't, like I didn't want to be a part of any media organization that wasn't willing to cover important stories like exposing elite pedophile rings. So, you know, for me, it was I don't want to be a part of any organization that is either complicit or covering this up. And so for me, it was really simple. You know, I didn't become a journalist to cover up crimes against children. I didn't become a journalist to cover up any crimes. I became a journalist to tell the truth wherever it led me and, um, and, and where it led me was leaving the mainstream media. And so I went independent in 2017 and I've been independent ever since. And, um, you know, I can, I'm sure that is, that's never easy to, to go against the stream, right? You know, um, I mean, you can feel uh, convicted to do it. I know I did, but was just talking with someone else today that it, it, it is hard though. You work your way up to a certain level and then all of a sudden you, you follow your convictions and then you feel like for a moment that you're going backwards, you know, and you're getting attacked. Yeah. And I mean, I, I can even hear like my colleagues like, wow, Christie's at the level of interviewing the, the lady behind Pizzagate, you know, like, cause they're just so in their bubbles. They have no idea. And I, I can almost hear them now. They'd be like, that was debunked because there was no basement. So I, I wanted to give you an opportunity to address that one thing. Like, like you can only point to one thing to debunk something. They always say, oh, that was debunked because there was no basement in um, Comet Pizza. So what is your response to that? Well, Pizzagate was never about one pizza shop and one basement, number one. So if you think it's been debunked because one pizza shop doesn't have a basement, then you literally have no idea what Pizzagate even is. So that's where I would start. But the, the, the basement they're referring to is um, in a restaurant known as Comet Ping Pong, owned by a man named James Elefantis. James Elefantis has an Instagram page that's filled with... Um, pedophile code words and not even pedophile code words. There's some just blatant known pedophile words that he uses um, on his Instagram page. And it's also littered with pictures of children in sexually explicit manners, um, pictures of kids that look like they're abused and are, you know, being hurt. Um, the, his entire Instagram page is horrifying. It's very similar to the stuff we saw with Balenciaga, actually worse. Um, and uh, anyways, um, 
the mainstream media claims that, you know, Pizzagate was basically that um, Hillary Clinton's trafficking kids in the basement of Comet Ping Pong, which that's not what it is. Um, and they came out and said that Comet Ping Pong has no basement, and so did James Alifantis. However, a year prior, he actually did an interview that's still up. I believe it was with a local DC, DC publication called Metro Weekly where he actually set, said in the interview that they stored their tomatoes in the basement. So he himself actually said there was a basement in Comet Ping Pong, and then the media said that there's not. So, I mean, who knows even if there is a basement or if there isn't, but someone's not telling the truth about it um, one way or the other. And furthermore, what Pizzagate is is basically, very simply put, when the Podesta emails came out, they were littered with pedophile code words. Uh, the most popular one would be pizza, which at that point in time and to this day is a known pedophile code word. And it's also been used by law enforcement to bust child sex predators. Um, the, this is documented in official DOJ records. So these elites were using pedophile code words. Many of them were food words, um, pizza, you know, walnut sauce, um, cheese, and they were using them in a context that does not apply to food. So we know that they weren't talking about food. And when you start digging deeper into these emails and who these people are and the organizations they're involved with and the friends and the people they hang out with, you know, the Jeffrey Epstein, Gilly Maxwell's of the world, it's very clear these people are involved in trafficking children. So what Pizzagate really is, is that there is an elite group of people that are involved in the rape, torture and trafficking of children. Children. It was dubbed Pizzagate because they were using the pizza, the pedophile cold word pizza and the Podesta emails that we would never even know about if Julian Assange from WikiLeaks hadn't released them. So that, that's what Pizzagate is. And, you know, the whole thing about Comet Ping Pong, that, that is a small part of it, but that's not what Pizzagate is. It's a small part of it, and it was used as a distraction by the mainstream media to confuse people, to get people to think that, well, wow, that's so absurd that, you know, all these crazy, quote unquote, conspiracy theorists think that Hillary Clinton's literally sitting in the basement of a pizza shop trafficking kids. I never said that. No one series ever said that. That's what the mainstream media said to make it seem unbelievable. And at the same time, they ignored the emails and they ignored all the pedophile code words in the email. So, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. And I know we want to dig into other um, more, I guess, timely things like what's happening with the Epstein case and also the yes. most recent whistleblower with the court case. Um, so I do just want to give a shout out to your Substack because you have written multiple articles on the Pizzagate bringing the receipts. That's on your Substack, right? Yes, Absolutely. Okay, so people can t dig into that. I think part of the whole thing that, that has been, I mean, at least it was for me, hard to wrap my mind around it, mm -hmm. is just uh, that you have a lot of women wrapped up in this, like Hillary, like being, you know, a woman being wrapped up in sexually abusing kids. And then it's just every day I'm, I'm realizing like, oh, yes, women can be just as much um doing these things because I guess I, as a woman, we, we tend to think of men being more of the predators, but you know, as I covered that other story um, of exactly. this Eleanor Hope, like, oh my gosh. I mean, I read, I didn't go into the full news story, but the, the texts are made me want to throw up multiple times and then throw up again because I just right. can't, it, it's crazy that like women can be, have this predatory, I, I don't know, maybe 
that's weird for you to hear. I don't know. But I, I, for me, it's like, wow, I'm really waking up to that this is a problem on both sides of the aisle. Right. Right. It, it is. And I think that, you know, um, the media and Hollywood, they've conditioned us to believe that these um, predators, these pedophiles, they're isolated, you know, that they don't work in rings, which is false, number one. And they also have led us to believe that, you know, this stuff is ha- happening in like lower socioeconomic areas. And that's not the case either. I'm finding it to be more prevalent with the elites than, you know, with poor people. And so, and then furthermore, you know, that social light that, you know, was just bested for trying some less to an eight-year-old child, um, you know, that's, you know, a perfect example of like, here's someone that, you know, had this According to her neighbors and friends, like this picture perfect, you know, image. She comes from like this high society family. I looked into her background a little bit. Um, and she's married to a judge and she does all this charity work. Well, you know, often these predators, especially the elite predators, um, they often hide behind these charities. And it's number one, that's how they get um, access to children. And number two, you know, they hide behind these humanitarian efforts to make it appear as if they're these great human beings, these great, you know, upstanding citizens, which couldn't be the furthest from the truth. And so, you know, those those are actually very common markers. Um, A lot of these elite pedophiles, they're wealthy, they're in great positions of power, they are involved in charity work. Um, from outer appearances, for many of them, they seem normal to their neighbors and, and, and whatnot. Um, but you have to understand in terms of, you know, sexual predators, um, you know, for a lot of these pedophiles, whether it's, it's a man or a woman, for them, it, it's not an, completely about, a sex, about sexuality. Um, a lot of these predators, they prey on children because it's about power and it's about control, number one. And then number two, um, for a lot of these elites, um, there is a um, spiritual aspect to the preying and trafficking, the preying on and the trafficking of children, because a lot of these elites are Satanists and they worship Satan and they believe that in order to get power from Satan, they have to engage in um, rituals. And so often these children, are victims of not just sexual abuse, but also satanic ritualistic abuse. So, yeah, we've covered um, Pizzagate. We saw also Balenciaga exposed that. And I mean, that's very in your face. You have kids with, with teddy bears with bondage. I mean, that that alone is like, why? what is happening? What's going on? Why are these kids on beds? Why are they having bondage gear around them? That's just weird. But I have to ask you about this because I got kind of sucked into this whole, this was another thing a few years back. Wayfair, like that was weird. Um, do you have any thoughts or or anything to shed on that uh, with the weirdness of that? Was that just like a false flag kind of a thing? Uh, yeah, no, I don't. I I, I think it's good. I see it everywhere. Actually, I see it on tons of e-commerce sites. Um, I'm seeing items that are worth nothing being priced for thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, And then you look at the people selling the items and you can tell that they're talking with people in some kind of code. And we know that pedophiles use code words. Um, 
I don't think it's a conspiracy theory at all. I think that it's happening all over the internet, across multiple platforms, across multiple e-commerce platforms. Now that doesn't mean that the people that run these e-commerce platforms are in directly involved in it. They may not even know it's happening, but it's, it's happening. And I have zero doubt in my mind that, you know, many of these um, very popular e-commerce websites have been used to traffic hits. And a lot of times, you know, they'll sell items that match the names of missing children. And we're not talking about, you know, names like Sarah Smith. We're talking about, you know, names that are like, like Destiny Unicorn or like, I mean, names that are, are like are very unique names. Um, so I definitely think there was something to that with, with Wayfair and, and other um, e-commerce sites. And, and, I, and I still see it every day. Every day someone tags me, you know, in some item, you know, like a like a half eaten slice of literal pizza from five years ago it was on sale for like fifteen thousand dollars. Like riddle me that. Yeah, that's that's so creepy and so weird. Now, you also on that note of creepy and weird, we <laughs> there's we have the ongoing Epstein cases. Uh, you wrote a, a story recently about the right. Virgin Island JP Morgan case. I think there was like an assistant um, uh, attorney or something in that that w- was fired abruptly. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are all kinds of weird stuff going on with that. But um, can you break that down for me? Yes. Yeah, so the attorney general, you know, I contacted their office and, you know, I've read all the reports and they did confirm that she was let go. But no one was we've never, we've never been given an explanation. I'd love to know, you know, why she was let go. Um, it's interesting that, you know, a lot of people are theorizing that she was let go because she did file this lawsuit against J.P. Morgan that's related to Jeffrey Epstein. Um, and obviously that's possible, but, but we don't know for sure. Um, what we do know, though, is that the case is still moving forward and they are, you know, issuing subpoenas um, and they're going to, they're deposing people. um, They're collecting evidence. And, you know, like, what do I hear all the time every day? And I'm sure you see it and you hear it every day as well as, you know, where's the Epstein client list? Where's the Epstein client list? And, you know, we're getting, I mean, like just real quick, like one of my favorite, uh, memes like the, in a dark humor kind of way is that meme yeah. you see all the time that these people were arrested for trafficking no one because or with no clients right. because I, it's so absurd like how do you yeah. arrest epstein and his ex-girlfriend but you have we haven't heard of any client that they have like as if they had no clients i mean this is insane right. And we already and we know that like well over a hundred victims have been paid off, and those are just the ones we know. I mean, there could be thousands, there could be tens of thousands of victims, which means that there's probably at least hundreds, if not thousands, maybe tens of thousands of co-conspirators and Johns involved in it. Um, but people, you know, I don't know what they expect in terms of the Epstein client list. Do they think that you know Santa Claus is just going to come down our chimneys on Christmas Eve one night and like deliver like a, a list of every single name that's, you know, that's one of his clients. We are actually getting the names through these ongoing cases that are happening. So what is going on right now? I'll break it. I'll try to break it down in a very simplistic way. There are currently three civil suits going on in New York that involve Jeffrey Epstein and people are getting deposed and evidence 
you know, is coming out through the discovery process, right? Two of those lawsuits were filed by Jeffrey Epstein victims. The other lawsuit was, as you mentioned, filed by um, the U.S. Virgin Islands. These cases, as of now, and this could change because trials often get delayed, um, are set to go to trial in October. But even though they haven't gone to trial yet, there have been depositions and there has been evidence coming out. There's been communications between some of these um, associates of Epstein that have been released that are shedding more light on um, what was really going on. And there are a lot more names coming out that of people that were involved with Epstein in some way, shape or form. Now, that doesn't mean for sure that these people were co-conspirators or are sexual predators. But I've done a lot of research on some of these people. Wait, Liz, that are- Liz, Liz, let's have that be our tease because we do have to hear from our sponsors real quick. So, you know, let's face it, media is clogged up with all kinds of distractions. When any one news story is getting a ton of coverage, you pretty much know that there's something else going on that they're trying to cover up. One of the most important topics that we should continue to push out there is our next generation, the future of America and protecting our kids. You know, the Biden administration says that the nation, the, our kids or the nation's kids. No, they're not. They're our kids. They're our responsibility to protect them. And as much as we can, um, the innocent lives that, that maybe don't have their parents in the picture because of an open border, we should be thinking about how we can protect them as well. But before the break, we were talking about Epstein and uh, the trafficking and how we've been waiting for this list to be released of all the Epstein clients. And I've got Liz Crokin who did um, some research on this or has been keeping up on this. And uh, thank you again for being here. Uh, We want to talk about the progress that is being made. You know, a lot of the time at the outset of this, we were hearing, oh, you know, in due time, Trump is going, Trump has all the secrets. Trump's going to release this information and make sure Everybody knows about it. What are your thoughts on that? Those promises. It's always like Trump is going to release it in his time. Well, he kind of did in a way. I mean, Jeffrey Epstein and Gillian Maxwell and Axiom were all shut down under his DOJ. That never would have happened if he didn't become president. So, you know, he he yeah, he has been releasing the information in in that sense. You know. Um, and I do believe that he knows a lot about this elite pedophile ring, way more than he lets on. And, um, you know, like I said, we would not have seen, um, and it wasn't just Gilly Maxwell and Nexium and Jeffrey Epstein. You know, I've done some news packages detailing everything his administration did to combat human trafficking. And they broke up a ton of rings. A lot of it was the lower hanging fruit. They started at the bottom and then they, and they started worker, working their way up to, to the top. But you have to understand that a lot of these elite rings use lower level people to do the dirty work, such as um, cartel members and MS-13 members. And Trump broke up so many of those gangs um, during his administration. So, he, he has been tackling this and he has been releasing information um, about Epstein, you know, during his presidency via his Department of Justice. And that was all started, in my opinion, by, you know, Jeffrey Sessions. Um, 
And so there's a lot more going on behind the scenes than people realize. And, you know, Trump's a genius and he's always 50 steps ahead of these people. I think everything that he says and does is strategic. Uh, I think he really knows who's who in the zoo. And even down to um, him appointing Alex Acosta, for example, you know, a lot of people are like, ooh, like, why would he appoint Alex Acosta, who was the person that gave Jeffrey Epstein his initial sweetheart deal when he was first arrested, you know, back in 2006, 2007 um, for sexually abusing and trafficking minors. And I've thought about this a lot. And, and when I think about it, I think it's actually brilliant because I don't think the mainstream media would have covered Epstein's arrest um, as thoroughly if, as they did if they couldn't align his arrest to Trump's administration. I believe that's why Trump appointed Acosta, because he knew that it, he, it would put a laser pointer on Epstein and it would get the main it would bait the mainstream media into covering it. And it works. If that was his plan, it worked. Well, um, another thing is, though, is that this, these things don't get enough coverage and it's just you'll get like little bits and pieces of these things happening. Because um, as we've talked about, all of this stuff gets labeled as a conspiracy theory. But like, again, every single day there's a news article like one I saw today about a former university uh, place coach charged with child rape and molestation of five kids. So this is happening just mm-hmm. so much more than people either acknowledge or want to acknowledge. I mean, there's part of me that definitely doesn't want to know about this stuff. It's so horrific. It's so disgusting and and depraved. What do you think is, do you think it is ultimately a huge, just spiritual battle that this is happening or is there more to it? Like just with the, with the over visual society we have and the pushing of pornography, that's just causing this to happen more and more. Do you have any theories about how, or has this always been a thing and we've just been in the dark? Like, I, I just don't know what to make of it. It's it's always been a thing and, and we've always been in the dark. And I, I, Trump even referenced it as an, I believe he said, it, an ancient sex trafficking cult that, that we're fighting. And it is, you know, and you go, I mean, Tucker said this in his speech over the weekend, you go back to, you know, you know, every civilization on earth had some form of child sacrifice or, or sacrifice. Um, so, you know, it, it is a spiritual battle. These people literally worship Satan. You know, like you mentioned Balenciaga earlier in the teddy bear bondage. Well, their top designer um, at Balenciaga that was, you know, posting sexually explicit pictures of children on her Instagram, you know, her whole Instagram page um, was filled with satanic symbolism, um, you know, um, you know, like pentagrams, just, you know, T-shirts of her wearing, you know, like, like praise Satan or whatever. I mean, these people aren't even shy about it. Like they, they, they openly worship Satan. Like there's um, a convention coming up, I think this weekend called Satan Con. Um, And so, you know, there is a spiritual component to this. These, these people literally worship Satan and they cannot get power in their opinion unless they are engaged in these rituals. And how do they gain power in these rituals? Well, they hurt children, they hurt animals, they sacrifice children, they sacrifice animals. And these elites, um, they also operate in rings. 
So, you know, when you see those, those stories of, you know, like a coach or a judge or a police officer, you know, or a local politician, you know, local clergy member, they operate in rings. Oh, they always operate in rings. So when there's someone that's busted that, you know, has more of an elite status, I can promise you they're a part of a group that is involved in it because the only way that they've been able to survive and thrive for so long is because they're protected and pedophiles have been put into literal positions of power strategically to protect these elite pedophile rings. So you'll have like, you know, like a massive elite ring such as Jeffrey Epstein's ring, but then you'll have a local elite ring. So for example, there's a docu-series on Netflix that I always recommend called The Keepers. And this elite pedophile ring goes back to, I believe, like the 60s and the 70s. And um, it was in Baltimore, Maryland. And they were raping children at a school, at a Catholic school. And guess who was involved? Guess who the clients were? Local celebrities, local police officers, local judges, local priests, and on and on and on. So when you have police officers in a city that are actively engaged in a trafficking ring and are actively raping children, who do you report the crimes to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? So- that, that's how these, because people, you know, they don't understand. Oh, well, if these high profile people were all raping kids and then, you know, all you'd have to do is just call the police and they'd be arrested. No, they wouldn't because the police are involved. The FBI is involved. The CIA is involved. The CIA was delivering messages to Epstein the first time he was arrested when he was in jail. His bodyguard trained for the C- with the CIA the first time he was thrown in jail and trained the CIA for two weeks and it was given this huge package to hand deliver to Epstein while he was in jail. So, you know, you have the CIA communicating with Epstein, most likely helping Epstein and other extremely powerful people and forces, you know, while the guy's thrown in jail for pedophilia. I mean, like the people don't understand like how deep it goes and how powerful these people are. That's why it's been allowed to, you know, occur for so long. But then you have someone like Trump. He was not a Satanist. He's not part of their club. He's not a pedophile. He's not a sexual predator. And he, he, he broke, he broke their system. And when you, when you really, boil it down to why do all these people hate Trump? And, I, and I'm talking, I'm not talking about, you know, you know, the, the average Joe Schmo small liberal that has TDS that, that doesn't, that's been brainwashed by the mainstream media, um, that doesn't know that these elite pedophile reigns exist. I'm talking about all these celebrities that used to love him, used to kiss his ass, that overnight, all of a sudden, he's Hitler to them. Well, why? Most of these people, these celebrities, these elites that scream the loudest about Trump, it never fails. When I start looking into them, I can find tons of connections of them to either other pedophiles, child sex trafficking, um, or organizations that are fronts to child sex trafficking. It never fails. So why, so why do they hate him? Because they knew that he was going to go after the elite pedophile rings. And they were right. He did. And he's still 
continues to do it, in my opinion, behind the scenes. And when he gets reelected in 2024, it's going to be game over. The pizza party, it's it's going to end once and for all. I truly well, you talked about... Yeah, well, I hope so. I mean, I'll take your hope any day because it's hard. It's hard consuming all this and, and being able to keep keep up the hope. But but yes, I, I do hope that's the case. You said that um, police are in on it. And so certainly I'm sure there's media in on it. I want to talk about that because we've seen some major moves in media. CNN, um, Don Lemon gone, which was, <laughs> it's funny because that's not being talked about at all because of Tucker's departure with Fox. But it does seem like there, there's more and more a decentralization decentralization of media as more people turn to alternative media as a news source. And then we see even the ones that we think we can trust, like Tucker being cut loose. So what are your thoughts on that? Because I understand you interned at Fox News Channel under Bill O'Reilly. Yeah. So, you know, ironically, I was a Fox News Channel super fan when I was in college. I watched bill and some of the other shows not only every day bill i was it was such a nerd i would watch his show at seven and then i would i would stay up to watch the rebroadcast you know at that point in time i was studying politics and journalism and i thought he was the best at what he did and he was exposing clinton corruption he was exposing pedophile judges he was exposing stories that no one was willing to touch and so I, I made it a goal to work for him and basically stalked one of his producers for two years until they agreed to give me a internship. I, no, I didn't know anyone. My family's, you know, didn't know anyone. I'm not from an elite family that had connections. I actually had to do all this on my own. And I loved it. I, I loved being part of the Fox News Channel family, even though I was just an intern. I stayed late every day to watch um, Bill tape his show just so I could learn and observe more from him on his interviewing techniques. And I, 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 it was just one of the best experiences of my life. And, and it was my dream then to go on to work at Fox as, you know, you know, a commentator, a anchor, reporter or anything because I thought they were doing such great work. And um, then 2016 happened. And at that point in time, I didn't understand that all media was compromised. I didn't understand that, you know? And Pizzagate came out then, and what did Fox News Channel do? They not only refused to tell the truth about it, they literally covered it up. And at that point, that's when I realized, holy crap, like the entire mainstream media is compromised. Like they're, they're all on the same side. They're all control, like, you know, a, like Fox appears to be more right, you know, and MSNBC is more left. But at the end of the day, they're all controlled. When you look at who owns these corporations, who runs them, who owns the biggest shares, they're all controlled by the, the same people and are the same people in the same club. And that was a very rude awakening for me and kind of shattered my reality. Um, and at that point I was like, I would never wanna have anything to do with Fox. I can't be part of any network that would cover up crimes against children. And they just lie, you just lie about it, you know? Um, so that's when I realized that, you know, all media was fake. And 
I also, you know, I, I, I have sources and I, I talk to people, um, you know, that, you know, still have close contacts at Fox or whatnot. And I know for a fact that over the years, you know, people think that Sean Hannity and Tucker had all this free reign. They, they didn't. You know, the, the name's on the show, but there were certain topics that they weren't allowed to cover. I specifically actually remember Sean Hannity was starting to tell the truth about Seth Bridges' murder, and he got into big trouble for it, and they, they almost fired him. And so he had to back off the story. And, you know, and, and then furthermore, I know that um, Sean Hannity wanted to have James O'Keefe on his show for years, and they wouldn't allow him. And eventually, I was told that Sean Hannity was at an event. It might have been one of the debates or something. But he, to get James on his show at Fox, he had to orchestrate it. So it appeared that James just happened to be walking by as he was doing a live shot from, I think, one of the debates. That's how bad it is. His, it's um, his show. It's the, it's yeah. the Sean Hannity show. And he is not even allowed to have certain guests on James O'Keefe has broken more stories than anyone probably collectively in the whole mainstream media. And Sean's bosses wouldn't allow him to have him on for years. Eventually he did get on a couple of times. And so of course the same rules apply for Tucker. I'm shocked that he was allowed to expose as much as he did. Um, but based off of the rhetoric and the things that he has been saying recently, I do believe that he knows Pizzagate's real. I believe he's disgusted by it. And I think he wants to talk about it. I think he wants to expose it, especially after his speech this weekend talking about child sacrifice. And I don't think it's a coincidence that he ended his last segment on his last show eating pizza with a pizza delivery hero. Um, and then later that night, Trump gave a speech and where did he go? He went to a pizza shop and then he sent law enforcement um, pizza. You know, the elites, they have their, their secret code words and they send their comms out and their messages. They're basically trolling them at this point, you feel like. Trump is the master troller. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Everybody knows that. He's a master troller. And, and it's not just him, you know, I, you know, I think other people troll and um, politicians, white hat politicians and, and white hats in media, they send messages, just the good guys send messages just as frequently as, as the bad guys do. Um, so, you know, I'm putting these pieces together and General Flynn, um, as you know, I work on well, that was, I, I know my time is wrapping up with you. That was the, the final question I was going to ask you is about what you're doing with General Flynn and, and how people can support you. So tell me about that. General Flynn's right. little flowers board. Right. So, okay. So General Flynn, um, he is the head of America's Future. And under America's Future, we started a little flowers advisory board. And our mission is project defend and protect our children. And we launched officially at Mar-a-Lago last year on December 6th. And there's a lot of stuff we're doing to combat child sex trafficking. Um, that's our first newsletter. We'll be sending one out quarterly. We're going to ha be having ways for people to get involved and, and whatnot. Um, you know, General Flynn uh, tweeted about Pizzagate in 2016. I've known for years that he knows it's real. And, he, you know, he shares some of my articles about Pizzagate. I mean, you know, he's leading the charge to expose 
child sex trafficking, to combat it, and to expose elite pedophile rings. So I don't think it's a coincidence that General Flynn also spoke on the same stage as Trump did Friday night at that Lee County GOP dinner. And Trump actually said about General Flynn, well, first of all, he's saying him wonderful praises, but then he told General Flynn, you know, get ready. We only have a year and a half to go and stay healthy. And then General Flynn also spoke on that stage. And General Flynn made a reference to how Biden's administration has lost 85,000 migrant children. Well, what came out last night? It came out last night that the whistleblower who you mentioned earlier, Tara Lee Rodas, is testifying actually as we speak at a subcommittee hearing in the House exposing all of this. So, you know, I think all of this is coming to a head. I think we're going to start seeing much bigger exposure um, through different avenues. The Epstein cases are one avenue where we're going to see a lot of exposure. But I think we're going to see a lot of exposure in other places. And, um, you know, we're really working hard um, with our advisory board to combat this and to, to get more people involved to to end this once once and for all this has been going on for too long you know it's a conspiracy no more uh you can't you, you can't deny it there's just too much evidence that's come out there you know no you know one in the mainstream media will even have me on like no they won't debate me they just call me names you know every article i've written about pizzagate I use mainstream media articles to source my information. I use court documents, court records, DOJ records. You know, these are legitimate sources to prove Pizzagate's real. No one's ever attacked what is said in my articles. They just call me names. And and if your argument that Pizzagate isn't real is just to call me names and not to describe Reddit, my actual reporting, then you've already lost the argument. But they can't discredit my reporting because my reporting is accurate. It's real. They know it. And their job is to cover it up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Liz, for being on the front lines of this and for being a true journalist that's trying to at least seek the answers. I think both you and I are never afraid to admit if we end up being wrong, but um, these things are too big of a subject to ignore and not at least investigate. And and like you said, source, we, we bring the receipts, right? But thank you again. And folks, make sure that you follow net and also um, get caught up on the Substack pages. But again, thank you so much. Well, thanks so much for everything you've done and the sacrifice you've made. You did the right the right thing. You know, when, when you're when you do what God's called you to do and, and do the right thing, it's not, it's not always easy to do the right thing. But you, you're going to be a better person for it. And um, and God will reward you for your, your work as well. So thank you so much for having me on. And I'd love to come back. And thank you. So yes, much I would love to have you back again, for sure. Thank you. Absolutely. There's going to be lots more happening this year. I can promise oh, you that. Oh, yeah. We're going we're gonna to be at the tip of the spear. And now we have a clip with the Sarah Westall, Dr. Lee Merritt interview. The first person speaking is Dr. Merritt. I, I get that. And I think the problem here is, is that 
anytime we think that there's evil in the world, just magnify that by a hundred. The problem is we have not, we're in a war where we can't name the enemy. So you yes. and I have named the yes. enemy. And for yep. I'm not saying, they, they didn't start out as the Khazarians. They started out as the Babylonians. And maybe who knows where they came from to there, from Sumer. And who knows where they came from to there. I don't want to get in the whole alien thing. I don't know. But I'm just going to say that the, when you look at this war, it is a it is a weird war. It's not just when people say it's a fifth generation war. It, yeah, that just means that there's all sorts of like economic attacks, food supply attacks. There's, that just means it's stealth and it's kind of asymmetric and it's got lots of factors. What they never tell you is the top echelon of people waging this war are, are not that big in number, but they practice an old religion that sacrifices children, okay, to Moloch. They're, I know. That's they're the all, creepy they're stuff that you don't... absolutely awful. Right. So when so, you cover this for years and you're hearing them do these kinds of things... Right. So, so those people, you're not going to rehabilitate these people, okay? If they're people at all, which I believe there's a human component to them... Whatever they are, these and I and I have a really interesting video on Rumble with Cliff High talking about the Kazarians. If anybody's interested, because um, I actually have some of this bloodline, so I don't. I'm pretty immune to a lot of this stuff. There's a there's a bloodline, and before let me just tell you, before this whole thing came out, before COVID was ever heard of. For decades, I remember seeing a news article in 2000 where the Harvard guys got caught in China scavenging Chinese DNA. The Chinese called them out on it. We got caught um, doing it also. In fact, in 2017, Putin caught us. It was actually our Air Force. I may have the name of the neurosurgeon. Was over in Russia scavenging pure Slavic DNA. They didn't want anybody. They wanted the pure Slavs. What's that all about? Oxford complained about our genetic program. So for decades, we were doing all this, you know, one, two, three and me. Why did do they don't really care if we're related to, you know, they say, how about finding out if you're related to King George? No, but they don't care. They want to know if you're part of the tribe or not, because it turns out that there's a genetic difference between some people who and it makes them not susceptible to this stuff that they just put out or very less susceptible. And so. There's there's a bloodline. This is this the the 300 like John Coleman talks about in the committee of 300. The people at the top of this pyramid, whoever they are, they're not there because they were the best workers in their in their postal room and they worked up their schedule. They worked up to the top. They're there because they're bloodline. And once you understand that you're dealing with a an echelon, a, a pyramid of power here. You've got those people at the top, the people that brought this about, the doctors that are of this bloodline, there are a bunch of doctors of this bloodline that are involved here. The, you know, Walensky, uh, uh, the guy, the former head of the NIH, I'm just blanking on his name right now. Um, Uger Sahin, he's a, he's, he's a Levy Turk. He's Muslim. It's not about the Jews, but then you have Albert Berla, the CEO of Pfizer. You got all these guys, the Moderna CEO, all of these guys are this bloodline. It's just, I mean, it's just got to say that it comes down through the woman. It's the K26R bloodline. And these people believe there's a group of people on the world, whether we want to believe it or not, they believe they have Cliff Hyde calls it a dongle. He says they have a, cause he's a computer guy. He says, this is, they have a little different dongle on their DNA and they believe they're the chosen people that were left here by these alien beings to be the overseers of the world until those alien beings come back and they think they're coming back here in 2030 so they're preparing the world that's his that's his position they're nuts they're not they're, even if it would they're nuts i don't care no, how it, it may how, be even complete, if aliens are coming back they're still freaking nuts no i agree i agree with you i'm just telling you what they believe okay? no i know because I know. when you're talking about should we hang some of these people the issue really is you know if you had 
if you if you want to protect your family, do you want to leave evil untouched? The, we have to decide That's at right. what level. Mm-hmm. Now, there there are a bunch of what Stalin and Lenin called the useful idiots. I will tell you that the majority of doctors in this are in that category. They're not these people. This is a very small, select. Yeah. So how do we group, get right? past the useful idiots versus right. the true then culprits? Because that's the challenge. Well, in between the useful idiots and these these really few people at the top, you've got people that were willing to sell their souls for money. Okay, I put them with the top group of what we do. You know, if you're selling, if you've sold out, look, these hospital CEOs that were told by the government. That if you don't vaccinate your your people, we won't give you Medicare dollars. They were the, getting the, paid the, to use the wrong protocols. Right, they were getting paid, and the guy, the 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 Fauci, the Fauci's just a bag man. What Fauci did was he went, he he used his NIH funding, his funding capability, and he 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 bribed all these hospitals and these universities. Oh, we won't fund your you 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 starts you get hey you got a doctor in your staff that's saying that ivermectin works. If he continues that, you're not going to get your funding next year. That's what they did. That's I, I just know. like the bag man of the mob. They would do. So there are a certain number of people and, and you know, you got to do something with these people because this is a these are the same people, by the way, in World War Two, they hung Carl Brandt. He was the senior physician. He was an orthopedic spine surgeon like myself. And that's how I got interested in reading his history. They hung him on the gallows. They hung another guy on the gallows for doing uh, malaria research in the camps and killing some people. But we were doing the very same research, okay? What what Nuremberg really was about is they hung the red shirts and we hired the technocrats. Those guys who learned about it, who, Mengele, okay? MK Ultra. that's what he was doing. He was studying the that's science right. of brain So was control. Japan. Japan yeah, was the, doing the, the really Japanese, bad stuff. Right. The, yeah. the, the Japanese in Manchuria in World War II that, that were doing, and, and they hide a lot of this under veterinary research, but whatever and they we were doing. brought them in. The they, we brought them in. Yeah. We forgave all the guys that were the really bad guys. We hung Carl Brandt, and, and the reason is because his lawyer, and he was, he was going to speak out. He was going to point this out that, hey, you guys were doing the same thing. You wrote those Nuremberg codes during the trial just to hang us. But your doctors are doing the same thing. In fact, one of the guys, what was his name? Ivy. I can't remember his first name, Andrew or something. Dr. Ivy was doing malaria research in this country under the auspices of Harvard at penitentiaries using a worse strain of deadly malaria than the guy they hung on the gallows in front of his wife and children. So in Germany, this is what's going on. Now, if you like you said, this is if you don't want to keep repeating this cycle, just like it almost looks in the world like every 900 years, we have to drive out the Kazarians. We got to decide what we're going to do. I personally don't. I mean, I've never been a proponent of capital punishment because I've never thought the state was correct. The state was not fat. Was fa- fat? The state is fallible. They can make well because the Kazarian mafia runs the state. But that's so we what don't we're want finding them out. Deciding who point. should die. That's what we're finding out. And I think we're in. We have to realize we're in a war. What do you do in wartime? You have to take out the enemy somehow, and you have to take them out in a way they never end up on the battlefield again. That's, that's my, that is you know, and I'm not, do. I'm not suggesting mob violence. How? Well, the first thing, okay. But the first thing we have to realize is the people running this show never get their hands dirty. They never, they didn't do it in world war two and they're not doing it now. They don't get their hands dirty. They have two jobs. They move money and they move words. Okay. They depend on us little people for doing their thing. So if you're a pharmacy tech injecting somebody, okay. You're the ones we're going to have to go after and say, you murdered those kids, not those people on the top. As much as we want to hang those, I'm going to tell you, you 
of the proximate cause. Eichmann didn't kill anybody. He just made the trains run on time and organized the system. It was the people in the death camps that did that. You've got to realize that you cannot participate in this and get away scot-free. That's where it stops. We are the, we, you know, it's, I heard David Icke say this years and years ago when everybody still thought he was crazy. He was right on the money. And he said, you know, there are the people running this world. You could put them into one room and, and there'd be plenty of room left over. There are eight and a half million of billion of us. I think I see a way out of this. That is the case here. We, if you're, if you're, if you're in the Air Force and you're being asked to in Air Force Reserve in Lincoln, Nebraska, where they're flying geoengineering planes to chemically kill us, don't do it anymore. Get out. How much is the money worth? Don't, you're going to kill your children too. Everybody needs to stop participating in the evil because the minute we do that, the minute we realize a job is not as important as our children. The other thing is don't fund the beast. You know, I gave a speak at speech at uh, Freedom Law School and Freedom Law School shows you the scam about the tax laws, right? And I stood up there, I was about to speak, and I realized it just hit me. It was like a, a, a real spiritual moment. It just hit me. And I said, you know what? Regardless of things, I have to say, the the uh, I, I get all the thing about the tax law, and I'm on the side. But the big issue is just morally, I am no longer going to pay my taxes to people who have used it to buy bioweaponeers to kill my children. Everybody no, needs like to wake you, out to that reality. It's like if they're, if they're lying to you and they want to kill you, if they want to kill you and take away your freedom, are we really going to still follow them? And, and they're, and they're using us to do it. They're using our money. Yes. They're using our labor. They don't, you know, gold isn't in the gold in the vaults of the Rothschilds mansions. That's not intrinsically worth anything. Our labor is what feeds the world. Our labor is what treats people. Our labor is what educates people. We need to, we need to quit giving our labor to these asshats. I mean, that's what our, <laughs> that's, that's what right. I'm sorry. That's what we have to start doing. So the tune cide malice in Latin, do not participate in evil. The second thing is question everything that hasn't been proven. I mean, like viruses. I challenge any doctor to really look at it themselves. There's a lot more to the, the, the non-science here, then I I, t- I get put it tried to put it on a, a level that makes common sense, but you can look at the technical level and it doesn't make common sense. Well, you know? I have a hard time with the fact that science is this black box. You throw things in, you come out. It's like, well, let's start, let's right. understand it, you know. And that's the part that they fail to get to is that understanding right. part. But go ahead. Well, and then and then finally, um, you know. We have to control. We're going to have to take back local control of our of our first our families, our communities, our counties, and then we need. And once we do that, we own the surface. Okay, we own the the, the we own the playing field. Then we restructure, and we just don't let this. We cannot ever let this happen again. We have to get rid of the central powers that did it in all the countries. Now, what we don't want to do, I'm kind of worried about France and and burning down or burning the Rothschild Bank and storming into BlackRock. It all looks good on camera. You don't want to leave a power void that then they can just fill with whomever they want. That is not the answer. Be very careful about that. I mean, uh, I think they're still in charge, and and we didn't do anything. People need to read. People need to get out of the idea that this is all conspiracy theory. You know, um, who was the head? Uh, Hoover, the former head, the guy that really founded the FBI's current sta- state. He said the, uh, the the individuals handicapped by coming face to face with a conspiracy so monstrous he cannot believe it exists. You ha- people, the only people that are going to save themselves are people that realize that they and their families 
are being attacked. We are in a war and you're being attacked and they're coming after your children. Once you wake up to that reality, you'll figure the right thing out to do. And I think that is that is the biggest message is whether you believe in viruses or not, don't take any more of their vaccines. These people have been lying from the beginning about these things. Um, they, they, you know, I mean, Sherry Tenpenny, we always have this discussion, pro and con vaccine but or virus. But we, what we all agree upon is the evidence for vaccines is horrendous. I mean, it's it's horrendously bad. It doesn't, they don't work. They make people sick. They're toxic things. She's been fighting that for years. That is the big point. Don't don't I I tell people I gave a talk down in Florida to, to some big senior citizens thing. And, and I, you know, 45 minutes I droned on because they wanted me to talk about the, the vaccines. And this is before the big rollout. It was kind of starting. And I did that. And after 45 minutes, I'd have these like little old ladies like me coming up and saying, should I take my shingles shot or I took the first one? I shouldn't. Uh, should I take the second shot, though, as if that's somehow going to make it protective, that's going to solve it? I said, no, ma'am. You haven't been listening to me. Don't take any of these things from these psychopaths. I don't even want to buy toothpaste from them. That's, that's what you've right, got to get yeah. through your head. Do not. It's and, and so that's what we have to hard, clean. though. We, what, what is provable is the toxicities in our food. So clean up your diet. And there's ways of protecting yourself from EMF. I've got all this stuff on my website. Here's another big lie. Parasites. Everybody is infected with parasites. It's another great Babylonian word magic. We didn't kill you with these vaccines. Your parasites killed you. What they're doing, part of this is they're knocking down your part of your immune system that creates, uh, that, that keeps parasites in check. And when they, when they parasites become deregulated, they show up as multiple egg sacs growing, and we call them metastases. The, another big lie here is that cancer is parasites. Okay. So, Toxins, antitoxin, take an antitoxin. I, I, I can't tell people to take chlorine dioxide, but I take it every day. I don't get sick traveling anymore. You get twin oxide. It's um, jo- Dr. Joe Newsman sells it. It's legal in this country. It's yeah. a purification for water, and it's based on the Cocker Institute solution. It's a oh it's, yeah. This has nothing to do with it's, bleach. It's not yes no. And, and it literally, it it works. But if I tell you to take it, I might go to jail, like the Grennans who have been in jail for yes. You didn't years. tell anybody to take it. It's not. No, legal I just tell country. you that what I Although do. Although twin oxide is legal. I take it myself. Yeah. I take ten drops a day, and I give it to my animals. And I, you know, I uh, I use it. It's great for beehives. You spray it on the beehives; they they get all healthy and healthy again. So there's lots of good things to it. The industry uses it, like you say. Everybody's food is decontaminated with this stuff. It's all over the place. It's in all over the place in Canada. Yet Canadian citizens can now not import. They cannot personally buy the crystals to make it. Okay, so my advice to people is if you think you want to do things like I'm doing, you ought to get yourself supplied now. And what that does is it it's the universal antidote. There's a video to that. I recommend people watch and um, ultimately, you know, get right with God. They're separating us from our creator. That's what this is about. This is we're in a creepy evil versus good war that we've been in probably since the time of Sumer and Babylon. And we might be the people that live to see the end of it. We might be actually the people to win this, to 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 go into this new age where we're not being killed by these guys every 200 years when they want to have a war. I, I don't know. I think so. I'm very hopeful. I think I see hopeful things happening. Okay, welcome to the Radio 5G 
program that is going to be aired on May 3rd, 2023. You've just listened to the first hour, hopefully, of the show where we did some tapes. Um, as I said in the beginning of the, you know, introducing the show, this discussion of trafficking, human trafficking, particularly the child, is a very difficult subject. I can tell you that from my standpoint. Um, I didn't want to hear about Pizzagate. It it just, you know, I mean, it's just so awful, so evil. And there was a quote that, well, uh, one of the, one of the, uh, the second tape was with Lee, uh, Dr. Lee Merritt. And she said, you know, you tell a lie that is so difficult to believe that you figure it's got to be true. Uh, You hear the Hitler reference that you tell a big lie that, you know, it's so big people don't think it's true. And it's because the the human being doesn't want to think it's true. They don't want to think that kind of evil is there. And what I found, I I, I found the first tape about the, uh, with Liz Liz Crockin, and I was, you know, like just, able to understand the full implications of the overall story because of her presentation from her point of view not so much of what but of how are they getting how are they getting away with this in her own experience as a very well-known media person who you know starts looking at this terrible subject and all of a sudden she's got everybody telling her to shut up um that's going down the rabbit hole, <laughs> you know. And then Lee Merritt comes along. She, uh, Mark sent me a, a clip on with Lee Merritt. And she's talking about the Kasarian Mafia. Now, the first time I heard of the Kasarian Mafia came from Walt Silva, and it probably was close to 10 years ago. And I'm wondering if he didn't read... Uh, the book that Mike Harris had written, The Hidden History of the Incredible Evil Kassarian Mafia, um, because the, a, lot, a lot of what Walt said to me, um, I heard, you know, well, I, I went and I really <laughs> listened to, you know, the, this this tape with Sarah and listened to what he was saying, and a lot of it was very much what Walt had said. So... It's not like these people haven't been up on their on the screen before, got our attention before, because we actually have talked about it on a number of occasions. But the problem comes from somebody posted on my own personal Facebook an article about the Caesarian Mafia, and I didn't even look at it before I saw one of my friends sending me a personal message on Facebook saying she was going to defriend me because of that post. And I said, well, wait a minute. I don't even know what you're talking about. I didn't post it. And she went off on that. She she had been a Christian when I knew her. She was a neighborhood friend of mine when I was growing up. And she apparently had married a Jew and became Jewish. And now because there there's a discussion of this Kasarian mafia that just happens to be the source of the Rockefeller family and a lot of other well-known Jewish families, 
she wanted to defriend me and, you know, not have anything to do with me because every time you bring up this subject, apparently there's a huge backlash from the Jewish community, anti-Semites, anti-Semites. And when I started to try to look a little further into this after listening to, to uh, Lee Merritt, that's exactly what I got on the Google thing. Conspiracy theorists, theory, oh, I mean, and it went on and on and on about all these people attacking the people that were talking about the evil Kassarians. So that's part of the agenda. You know, it's like sometimes the truth is so awful that you can't believe it. Never mind the, the you, know, a cons- you know, them putting out some lie. The truth was just appalling because if you get into the Kasarian story and the history that they told you in part, you've got a group of people that were Satanists. They, they were very, very pagan. And out of that paganism or that maybe the paganism and the, and the, the Satanism was part a reflection of who they really were, but what happens is you get a group of people that were capable of doing some very, very evil things. So what it does is it's taking the onion skins off of the layers and showing you that as bad as the child trafficking is, and why is it being done for money? I understand that it's more profitable than drugs. And, you know, the, the crazy... Uh, it's, it's difficult for me to talk about this stuff. The crazy uh, sickness, the insanity of what these people are willing to do on all levels of it. That evil is just so permeating. But now you're you're getting it's it's almost like. But who is behind? Who's behind that evil? And I can't tell you if it is the Casarian Mafia, if this group of people that were so evil that all of their neighbors told them we're going to either commit genocide here and get rid of you all because you're that bad that they would one of the things that they would do is that that they were on the silk road so if you're on you know you're trying to do merchandise and stuff you got to go through their territory so they'd say oh no come into the you know let's let's have some coffee and while you're drinking the coffee you die because they poisoned it and then they would take over their identities and virtually go back to wherever they came from and st- steal everything that the person had and take on their in- identity. Remember, this is before social media where you know the pictures and everything else. So when, when you hear the story, you know, your first instinct is, okay, well, this is a boogeyman thing. It gives us uh, somebody we can point the finger to at, you know. But then when I went and I listened to Mike Harris, it gets even more believable, if you will, because it turns out that the people we're talking about, it was the Ukraine. It's the Ukrainian area that they were talking about. They come from Ukraine. And so now the critical thing that's happening in the world is this battle for the Ukraine. And the United States is spending a ton of money, a treasure of money 
to keep this battle going. And it doesn't make any sense to anybody that's got a sane mind. But that answers that question too. Oh, it's some kind of an evil bloodline that wants to take over the earth that may be doing terraforming in order to make it more habitable for somebody else other than human beings. You know, and Mike Harris never mentioned the E.T. connection. Could it be E.T.'s behind all this? Because he just says, I don't know who the ultimate enemy is. Maybe the Kassarians are being, they were genetically uh, changed to be able to, maybe they, they took out the God gene in them. He's not saying that, but maybe they took out the God gene. And now these people that are doing all this evil are really being mind manipulated that they, you know, they, their DNA has been changed to the point that they don't have that link to source that makes human beings loving, fun, joyful kind of people. Um, he doesn't know. But it's almost like we're we're getting over the target of who is this evil and what is it and how is it operating? So uh, I didn't mean to take that, you know, as long as we went here, but... Um, Mark, you want to come in and say something? Yeah, Mark? I was trying to find uh, Harris's original articles on Veterans Today, which is where I first read them years ago. And the Facebook Cosmic Reality Group, I posted, you know, the, the Westall um, talk. And then I think his, his wait, I, wait um, Facebook doesn't allow VeteransToday.com because... Um, I tried posting that original those articles, and they do mention ET. By the way, uh, he's had at least three to five crazy long articles. Um, but I tried to post the thing with with uh, uh, Guy and the Bees and Derek, so I couldn't put the link. So I just did a screen capture, image capture, posted that in the Shungite group, right? Uh, so if people go to VeteransToday.com. There is a lot of mention of the, if you just type in Kazarian, um, you got Jonas E. Alexis, a, a senior editor, talking a lot more about the current, you know, Kazarian mafia uh, happenings, let's say. Um, and then that's Well, just, just, just a side note, when I tried to get there, Norton's came in and said, this is, it wouldn't let me through. Right. Yeah, that's, so, uh, you I know, got it just fine. Uh, at least with my Microsoft tablet here. Well, I think I went. If I'd gone to another browser, I could have gotten in. But Norton's is watching the browser I use, and I did. I at one time I I said no, I want to see it, and by God, I had a problem with my computer. Mm-hmm. Somebody took over the computer, locked it up. So um, I don't, I don't. <laughs> if they say that to me, I'm not going to do it. I considered opening up another browser, but instead I listened to the. To the three out well the three three segments of the program um i'm sorry to interrupt you but i want to no, uh, people know they might run into that i mean it's easy enough to use a more indie uh search engine and just type in mike harris kazarian and then people have reposted those articles um so in in terms of uh what is it the concurrency of the topic, uh, Michael Jaco's Rumble channel also covered uh, 
uh, child trafficking pretty extensively um, involving uh, high names like um, law enforcement. Um, was it uh, uh, Ruth Ginsburg, that judge? Um, I don't put it then. There were a couple other names, but it it was a good from from his view, you know, in, in his experience. Uh, well, she came up um, during the Westall interview as he was talking about the uh, the okay. So you've got these people that are not the Jews of the Bible. They took the Jewish religion, but they never did practice it. They just pretended they did. And he went in and he was talking about the Jewish people are only 2% of the population. And yet 60 to 70% of the government employees and people in government, 60 to 70% are Jewish. Okay, now that would seem like an anti-Semitic statement that I'm even pointing it out. He also pointed out that there's way more Jewish people on the Supreme Court than, you know, a, a segment, an equality segment, you know, equity segment would say should be on the court. And they talked about Ruth, uh, Judge Ruth, because she was on the board and apparently I don't know what else they said about her, but she, he was pointing out that the Boy Scouts now, this is part of, this is how, you know, insidious that this thing is, that the Boy Scouts were a very, very good organization that actually prevented as best as they could any kind of homosexual from being a, a leader of the, you know, the group or whatever it is, troop. And the Supreme Court came out and told the Boy Scouts that they had to allow homosexuals to have this job. And in a very short period of time, there was so much abuse of the children that there is no more Boy Scouts of America anymore. You know, and what what else were they pointing at her for? I'm just curious. Do you, do you remember, or was that the main, that she was part of the... <laughs> Uh, Jaco covered that a little bit. Something about um, sex with minors. I don't know the exact details. People can go to Rumble because this was on the 28th when he posted that video, and then obviously do a keyword search on something like Ecosia. Um, Brave, I don't necessarily trust, but uh, Quaint, I think, is another one. So, I mean, obviously, if you're in any level of prominence for the most part, then you're compromised and. What, what to certain degrees, right? I think um, so. So, I mean, so all, all the stuff that was talked about in the child trafficking thing, I mean, we've heard this for years, right? If you go to Freedom Slips Radio, uh, a lot of the hosts there, and for a while on YouTube, have been covering this for years, Alex Jones too. So, I mean, it, it, it's stuff we already know, and it, it just gets kind of a like an echo chamber thing. So um, I understand it's a very critical and important topic, especially considering the synchronicity of Jacob also posting about it when you brought it up to the same weekend, like a day or two apart. So that was that was interesting. 
Um, I mean, you guys cover this too in your other shows, you know, say what show, cosmic reality, it's current events stuff. And obviously you have the 5G component, the um, transhumanism, transgender, transdimensionalism of, uh, uh, you know, going into the AI thing and merging man and machine, right? But that was not even covered in the the clip you, you played. So it doesn't go deep enough. Then you, because I've been listening to Gene Deco for years, adrenochrome is not even the tip of the iceberg. There are so many other levels in the dumbs that are done to, you know, uh, living beings. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's introductory. Um, well, yeah, yeah, but we yeah. have we have to bring out this introductory information, and it is trending, and I, I suspect it's because. It is a spiritual war, and you can't understand why or or the fact that they're trying to kill everybody until you understand how evil they are. And where do you see that evil in its, you know, utmost with exactly what you're talking about? You know, the, the, the torture, the dumbs, the, the things, the, the experiments, the harvesting of organs, I mean, all of it. You can't even get your mind wrapped around the the fact that they're trying to kill us all. So, you know, to me, the, the cosmos or God or whoever it is that's kind of like pushing us to this awareness, they're saying to us, pay attention <clears throat> to this. This is the critical part of the evil. And where does that lead you to? Well, now we're uncovering this concept of Kassarian Mafia, where it is it it is an evil thing that has limits you know this is this is important to me i think that if you it's sort of like you've got an infestation of maggots and they're all through your carpet all of a sudden you get all these maggots through your carpet and you don't know what it was that created this mess but then you find a moth and the moth was laying the the maggots all right so if you tried to get rid of all of the maggots, but you didn't get rid of the moth, it could happen again. But you found the moth. You get rid of the moth, and then you kill off the maggots. You know what I'm saying? It's like you can't think po- politically. You can't think Republican or Democrat or any of the various caveats that they have about who could be the, the problem here. The problem is not us. The problem is outside of us. But we've got to be able to isolate what that problem is and find the find the moth, the mother moth. And I think we're getting closer, Mark, because I think that that's why they're pushing us to have these conversations. And I know, I mean, one of the reasons that I went with it was because I could see that both subjects were um, starting to trend. And, you know, like I said, Mike Harris wrote that book 10 years ago. Um, but when you when you listen to him, and I'll, I'll have the, uh, the link there that you can listen to that series, you realize how pervasive it's been. And yes, the Russians are their ultimate enemy. The Russians, whoa, <laughs> the Russians were um, the, the neighbors them and the Persians at the time, which is now Iran, they were the um, the neighbors that forced these Kassarians to 
either give up their religion and and they chose out of all the uh, uh, Abraham kind of religions, you know, there was three of them and they chose the Jewish one. But I, the, the Russians are in Ukraine because they're still fighting the Kassarians. And I thought that that was a very, very interesting, eye-opening kind of discussion. So I, I highly recommend that anybody that, you know, I think everybody should, you know, understand at least what he's seeing and he's done the research, he's written about it. But the fact that he wrote that book 10 years ago and only now is it catching on, he, 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 he was excited about it. He said it took 10 years, but now people are really starting to, you know, focus on this infection that's been running through the world. So yes, it's only an introduction. There's there's a lot more to it, but heck, I didn't want to look at it. <laughs> you know? So sorry about interrupting you, but I just wanted to point that out. What is the book title? I, I can't find it. The Hidden History of the Incredible Evil Kassarian Mafia. Okay, it's not on Amazon. So, uh... Can we well, this, this, well, on Veterans Today, apparently the, 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 this all started on, on Veterans Today. So the information that you've already seen is probably what was in that book. I think it's a book. I mean, I, I'm assuming it was either a book or an article that he wrote for Veterans Today. But um, she had a, a link. It wasn't a link. She said, go to Hidden History of Incredible Evil Kazarian Mafia. And I couldn't find it either. And I, I, like I say, I didn't get on veterans today, so it may just be that the, the information they're covering there is probably based at least on this, or maybe it, it is in there in their research references. Yeah, so you go to Westall's um, site, and then the link doesn't go anywhere. And like it's, I was saying earlier, you go to veterans today, type in his name. Nothing. Uh, uh, you look down the list of names of contributors. His name isn't there. Now, Kazarian is is discussed widely, but not, um, you know, with with his name attached. So, well, that that video was a year ago. The Sarah Westall one that we're talking about. That was a year ago. So something may have changed. Is he still alive? <laughs> you know, that's a. I get to the okay, point. Okay, here, here we go. Here we go. I found it. So the, the problem, okay, so you go to the Westall page, and, okay, the, this was the confusion here. So regarding the Kazarian material, the, the written stuff, this was also co-authored by Preston James. So if um, there's one from March 10, 2022, it's on Westall's site, and then you, you uh, click on, um, is it, uh, Hidden History of the Incredibly Evil Kazarian Mafia. Um so you, you click on that, and then it's Preston James PhD, and and that's the full thing. Like that, that's who I need to look for. I don't know why. Um, she hasn't talked to him, but as far as my Harris goes, like you can, he's on weekly. Uh, I write that down with uh, Scott Bennett. Now Scott Bennett went viral last week regarding his comments on Tucker and uh, <laughs> the semi-lobotomized retards or whatever he said. Like Scott's awesome. I mean, he's he's a local here where I'm at, uh, more North Bay. I think he's around the Nevada area. But um, Army PsyOps, all with Jayco every once in a while. He has 
he's on uh, uh what do you call it? Rumble. Okay, here it is. It's Global Freedom TV. Uh, so like you do rumble.com forward slash C forward slash GFTV. Mike Harris is on there weekly. Um, as far as Preston yeah. James goes, I, I still got to look for that because he seems to be the main author of this and why she hasn't talked to him. You know, and he was the one that made the ET connection. I think that's where the confusion is at. So as far as how this relates to 5G and, and technology, um, that's where like, okay, we, we already know all this stuff. You guys have been talking about this since you first started the radio show, right? So um, Catherine Fitz calls this a function stacking by the cabal, right? You got all the, you know, the invisible war, this old essay on the apocalypse culture book of the stuff happening, um, you know, for decades, right? So one of the solutions, uh, we will check out Chris Ann Hall. Now, she was featured recently on Catherine Fitz's site being interviewed by Corey Lynn. Um, but she's done tons of other podcasts, and it's the sheriff who has the power to do the enforcement. Uh, so what I'm going to do, uh, where I'm at, um, okay, it's uh, libertyfirstsociety.com forward slash noncompliant movie. So this can be watched on Vimeo, but the, Vimeo's erased so much material. They're, they're like the other YouTube, so uh, don't support them. Buy the DVD. Give it to your local police. Give it to the county police, specifically for the sheriff. Because when she was, Chrisanne Hall was giving these lectures, like in Utah, right during the lectures, within those hours, the police were making big, huge changes because they didn't know the power that they had in the citizenry. So I'm going to get like maybe two or three of these and give them to some of the, the, the local law enforcement of, you know, because this is where it starts if you want to make change, right? Uh, oh, and so interesting timing also is, um, I don't know, I think this was posted today, if not yesterday, but especially since it's, it's kind of a big pagan holiday on the 30th. Um, so uh, this is from Zero Hedge. Epstein's private calendar emerges. Among prominent names listed are Biden's CIA chief, Goldman top lawyer, there's a Rothschild name, and Noam Chomsky, too. So the last line in the, the article, Zero Hedges, when asked about his relationship with Epstein, Chomsky said, quote, first response is that it is none of your business or anyone's. Second is that I knew him and we met occasionally. So this is the big, you know, it's it's gradualization, right? This is the, the reveal, the unfolding. And Chomsky was a huge, I was a huge, um, you know, follower of his in, in uh, my late teens. Um, documentary books and otherwise, right? And so we have this thing of controlled opposition, and I forget who who said it, but um, oh yeah, it was Dr. Jack Cruz, where half truths eventually will always become lies. So I know there's this technique of of the ninety ten rule, right? But that could be applied to anybody. Like we're never gonna get agreement one hundred percent with anybody, you know. So it, it, that's a little tricky with the psyops thing. Um, but check out those things. Uh, Chris Ann Hall, I'm a regular listener of hers. Uh, she was on Kate Daly um, last week. And, and thank you for playing uh, one of her, um, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, podcasts uh, the week before regarding EMFs. But Chris Ann Hall was there talking about 
course, the Tucker situation. And yeah, of course, it was an eventuality, but she had quoted a Thomas Jefferson uh, quote from the late 1800s of just the same thing we're running into now, media. So news has always been propaganda. <laughs> Is that long? I want to I want to get that quote and word as a shirt. Uh, so let me see uh, where else can we go. With yeah, that's a lot of things to. Um, Oh, and as far as the dumbs, there's this guy. Maybe you could do bit shoot or um, I heard him on Rents, Jeff Rents, uh, a couple weeks ago. Ken Schwartz uh, detailing about the dumbs, the underground, and Princess Di had actually taken one of those um, beneath Denver, like with her entourage versus versus how fast she showed up at this other location. So he he had detailed some of that stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess the next step is like what, what what's going on with Preston James because he's the one, the other name that's like big with the Kazarian stuff. So I'll send it back to you, Nancy. Yeah, she mentioned him. He mentioned him, um, and you know it's like Harris said that yes, he he they they've written a number of things together, so that makes sense that it, it might be under his name. I've got so many notes on that uh, that video because one of the, one of the one of the other things he was he 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 got into was the con concept of criminal enterprises that these people absolutely work from the concept of criminal enterprise they don't have any moral fiber in, in them at all because. They used the drugs. They were making money on the drugs, on the human trafficking. He did point out that uh, the withdrawal from Afghanistan, they lost control of the opioid, uh, you know, the cocaine and all that other stuff, and don't have the supply, the control over it anymore. So that's why the fentanyl is all around. It's because they're still, one of the cartels, he mentioned one of the cartels in Mexico, and he said it was CIA is controlling him. <clears throat> so it's it, it's pervasive. And the other thing that people miss, and it's because they're it's designed for them to miss, they don't think in terms of who's really in control of the crazy ass government. And what did he call them? The oh gosh, where is that? Like I said, senior executive and it's an S. I'm not sure society has a senior. SES. Exec senior S executive services. Services. Okay. Didn't hear the last part. Services. That, that that you got. I mean, I knew from doing my research and from being in the military that the people that control the military and control and throughout life control are the ones that are in this, the lower tiers of the bureaucracy. They're professional bureaucrats. And anybody that's in charge of these agencies really has to depend on those people doing their job and providing the right kind of information. And he named somebody that tried to, to deal with this and found out that even though he would tell them to do something, they would just be, he would just be ignored. So it's that bureaucracy that's got to be completely dismantled. And when I was in the military, as you got into the uh, 
higher levels of the intelligence world. You had a lot of civilians. And the military people would essentially time out in a particular job. At the, at the time I was doing it, it was four years. You had to be, um, in order to progress through the ranks, you had to have a different job. You had to show that you had, you know, these are mainly officers, that you, but it was also enlisted, but you, they'd change your position. And I, I was very, I worked in an office that <clears throat> was primarily uh, civilians. And talking to them, I became aware of, well, the reason that there's so many suppose this is the reason behind it, is that when you've got a civilian who is working in a particular job for their entire career, they have longevity of memory because some new captain comes in and is taking over a unit and that captain has got ideas about how to lead and how to administrate and all this other stuff, but they they would bring something up and then the civilians would say, oh yeah, we tried that and da da da, and didn't work. Oh, we tried that, didn't work. So even even the the people who were in charge of a lot of these military people that would be in charge of these things, they were very ineffective. Now I had a, a job where, because of my position, and because of what I knew, the only place I was going to be of great the greatest benefit it was to have and it was on my records will not be transferred criticality of mission so i never left the job i was in so i wasn't there more than four years but because i i wasn't going any place i was very focused on what was happening at that level and yeah the the civilians had a hell of a lot more power than the their commanders their military commanders and this is it doesn't have to be military it could be politicians that come in you know we don't have a functioning government everything that we thought was happening isn't happening it's being controlled from a layer underneath a leadership and then you get a leadership that is also part of the problem like the fbi now and the justice department well you got a whacking big problem um, and again, you go back to the 5G thing. Okay, one of the hardest things to explain to people is why we were saying that 5G is going to kill you. Because nobody could believe that this somebody would try to do this. It's all trying to take, a, take apart that lie and that concept that we've been living under, that we're a free sovereign nation, a free sovereign people. No, we're not. We've been manipulated by the media, by academia, by the way that the corporations make us interact with them so that we're interacting with big corporations instead of the little guy. You know, um, it's it's a huge, huge problem. But in every case, now not so much in, when I was listening to um, Harris, but particularly the, the uh, things that Lee, uh, Lee Merritt was t- saying, you know, it's like, Okay, so we got our fundamentally, we're getting an understanding of what it is that these people are and what they, who they are, at least, you know, sort of. That is making us more powerful. And I do remember now that Harris said, so he tells a story about a friend of his saying that um, 
you know, God's going to get us out of this, you know. And, you know, so so Harris said to him, I want you to look at your hands. And the guy says, okay. And he says, those are the hands of God. We were made in the image of God. Those are the hands of God. You are God. The only way that this is going to get fixed is if you take action. And don't wait for some spiritual being to come down and do it. It's you. It's me. We've all got to start taking action. And what that action, Mark's always giving you suggestions of what to do. And, you know, hopefully you can understand that this is a big problem. But I think that we as human beings are quite capable of winning this war. First off, we understand it's a war. It's a spiritual war. It's one that we're fighting for. That, that Harris is very clear on that, that this is a war that the other guy is fighting desperately to win because they know that if they lose, they're done in. And you got the opponents, us, who are like so compassionate that we can't get ourselves motivated enough to go out and take care of this problem. And those people that are in positions of, pro of, of power, they don't have any courage. And I, as he was talking about that, I thought about it and I said, yeah, you're right. These people out there that are, you go into the politics and you think, first off, I have said for years that to be a politician, you must be schizophrenic or sociopathic or something. Because why would anybody want that job? As soon as you get there, there's going to be everybody in the world trying to buy you or threaten you or even get you out of the way if there's a problem. And he said, a politician, somebody that decides to be a politician, you have to accept that you're putting your life on the, on the line. You have to have that kind of courage because this is a dirty battle. And if you go in there and you don't realize that, you're going to be eaten up by the system. But if you get people out there who realize, you know, what the dangers are, what's really happening, then you have a situation where you have to be courageous. You have to know, I'm taking a big chance doing this, but it's got to be done because if we don't do it, we're screwed. This is a life and death battle, and more and more people are realizing it. But at the same time, more and more people are realizing that human beings, why, why do they want to get rid of us? <clears throat> to make room for somebody else? Or are they wanting to get rid of us because we are a danger to them? A danger because we have the ability to essentially become the agents of God and say, no, I'm not going to go along with that. And not only that, I'm going to stop you from going along with that. So it's it's a it's a very interesting time we live in. Let's put it that way. And I, for one, having you know, right from the beginning when we started this show in 2019, I didn't think we'd have a a chance in hell of explaining the 5G problem to people because they just couldn't get their heads wrapped around a the technology and b the evil behind it. But, you know, they then they went and did COVID and they locked people down and all of a sudden people are starting to wake up 
all over the world, all over the world. And there are things happening that are just going to, it's just, it's an amazing place to be. So, um, what say you? Are you there? Yeah. Um, Let me see. So, I go back to um, what Ricardo Bossi was saying and how he's he's been updating us and the steps you got to take. And, and I think um, uh, Rumble has his most recent, like he did like a two or three hour one uh, uh, roundtable last week of, of what's been going on, the process there in Australia. But him and, and, and Jaco and I think a couple other people. So... Like, I mean, how do we deconstruct the, you know, it's a spiritual war battle. Okay, what does that mean? Especially, especially since, um, you know, you get into the, the popular term, uh, fifth generation warfare. So very few people are talking about uh, 6GW, sixth generation warfare. And that's what your radio station and podcast talk about. Uh, the kind of, like, for example, specifically and recently, the Say What Show on Saturday, which I'm halfway through, you were talking about the Shanghai Cloudbuster Eagle and in terms of the, 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 the warfare that's going on down there, right? And um, uh, that you use the violet flame. And so me knowing about the function stacking within the morphic field of, of Shanghai, uh, having kept up with you know um, shows over the years, when I'm in San Francisco, you know, I violet flame that place you know, weeks and months ago because I'm there at least two, three times a month working, right? And they recently closed one of the Whole Foods that's in one of the worst parts of, of the city. Um, I personally had no problem with it. Um, I mean, you know, going about there, but um, they closed it down like a few weeks ago. And so me with Walt's... Uh, energy device resonator it's been fine uh like pretty much 99 percent of the time so the spiritual war thing and what is what is this the sixth uh generation warfare that we can do uh and so to me it goes beyond good and evil this is about application and access of power so to a more applicable uh um, um what do you call it perception and and action it's centralized versus decentralized, okay? Uh, decentralized would be access to source, nature, freedom, and true power. And, and there's a universality to the specificness of whatever it is. So that would be like grounding, breath work, Wim Hof, cold thermogenesis, which is like um, using the cold to regenerate parts of your body and, and immune system. So a good podcast, I just finished a three-hour one. You're listening to this two-time speed is Dr. Jack Cruz on um, – I'll, I'll try to find the – but he was on Rick Rubin, who's like a, a popular um, a pop producer, talking about – talking with him and how light is what produces food and obviously life force and just the very simple things we can do and all the things that modern medicine has been trying to do, centralized medicine – like LASIK surgery and wearing sunglasses, and which can, which just destroys your very energy body. Uh, and then everywhere you go, everybody's in the shade, everybody's inside, nobody's, nobody's out in the sun. And what is it that gives life? 
right? Um, so this is within the uh, beyond biohacking. So it's the mitochondrial um, uh, medicine called um, mitohacking, right? So I, I'm getting back more into his stuff now that we're going into summer. You know, what? how can we fully utilize? I mean, obviously just being outside, right? But then you want to have Shanghai on too. If it's a cloudy day, try to be outside. And then also I have infrared panels. Um, let me see what else. Yeah, I guess uh, we all kind of stopped it there for, for now. Well, the, it is. It, it, okay, what I think is happening is. Do you remember back when they were trying to turn CERN on and CERN got busted up and stopped working? Uh, uh, Simon Parks was very much aware of it. I was, Walt was, uh, other people out there, but it was like a, a time thing. They were pushing to get this CERN online, and it seemed that they had to do it. And, you know, I mean... I'm not somebody that follows astrology, but I do follow energy. And every time we're, we're traveling through the through the universe at a, at a breakneck speed, and every time you move a few fractions of an inch, you're, you're in a different environment. And I think that they that they had to do whatever it was that they wanted to do before we got into the energy field of the Aquarian age which is also corresponds to what has been called the proton belt, which is an area of, because of the positioning of the Earth as it's going, the solar system, as it goes around the outer part of the galaxy, you, you're continually changing your relationship with the black sun that's in the middle of the galaxy. And in this particular area, it's almost like we're looking down the, the barrel of a boat. Of a, of a rifle, we're looking down the barrel of the black black hole. In mythology and esoteric talk, they talk about the black sun, but it, you know the black hole that we talk about. And the black hole is supposedly it sucks up all sorts of energy, and will you know anybody anything that gets too close to it, it just sucks it up. But we know that there is yes, that's happening, but there's also a tremendous uh, expulsion of energy coming off of the black sun that is very very close to the proton pro proto energy that you find in a quantum environment because you have the quantum field the quantum field has all of these wonderful little things that you can use to do things with and so I yes I started getting back into looking at the uh, the purple ray or the violet flame whatever you want to call it it's the energy that is the dominant frequency energy of the Aquarian age so there, there's a there's a tendency or often you'll hear that uh, the darkness the the bad side can't live in light okay well everybody thinks in terms of you know white light yellow light that type of light. But I think really the they can't live in in a, in a um, in an environment of the purple ray, that energy, that the black just the darkness just can't exist there. If it's being used with intention, in other words, there's no way they're going to get out of going through this area that is dominated by the purple ray, the purple 
energy field. There's no way. But if they can control ours, us, human beings, from accessing it, from activating it in a knowing way. The universe, you know, they put all this stuff out there and you either find the hammer and make it into a tool or you don't. And this is the same sort of thing. It's the it's the, the energy, the frequency, the way that this thing is constructed. It's the purple ray is a very, very powerful tool in our arsenal of, in quotes, weapons. So I, I started realizing this, and, and I've been dealing with St. Germain and the purple flame since uh, 20 years at least. Okay, but I got away from I didn't really understand it, to be honest with you. And I got away from even, you know, working with it because I didn't really know what it's doing. But I know what I'm doing now. And so I laid down a little while ago and I'm thinking about, okay, because I've been using it, uh, you know, I'm (laughs) being threatened by thunderstorms and, and it's raining at your house. No, it's not raining. Why is it not raining at my house? And I'd look at the radar and it's because everything was going around this location. Why? Because I had invoked the purple ray. Keep it off of me, you know, so I don't flood out again. So I, I, I've been seeing this work, a tool. <laughs> I couldn't find it. I said, it's got to be in the yard someplace. I said, well, you know, and, and I'm really working to try to maintain in a background kind of thing, this purple ray. And I said, okay, you know, somehow or another, let's find this thing. And I go out to the mailbox out to the gate i've done this a hundred times you know since i left that thing in the yard and this time i walk out and i turned and looked right at it see i'm in a jungle things get lost in this you put them down you could not see them again ever (laughs) but it was like no there it is like i knew where to look and so i've been playing with this thing and that's what i'm trying to I'm explaining this to you guys out there. You know, play with this stuff because what they're really afraid of is our imagination. If we can imagine it, we can make it. And that's that's the difference is that they are so terrified of us becoming awake that they're doing everything they can to to physically break us down so they've got control and they and and we don't wake up to it. Because if we start invoking the purple ray, they're gone. They're done. And so I, I've been working with it. So I lay down, and all of a sudden, I've got this really intensely vivid, I mean, like, excruciating vivid, like I'm standing right there, of these two men fighting. And this one man has, like, a piece of, it was more like a piece of glass or something. And he was about to stick it into the guy that he's on top of. And I'm like freaking out. I'm going like, what are you show? What is this? What is this all about? And, you know, all of a sudden I got the impulse purple ray. I said, okay, purple ray. And I just purple rayed this image, this this video that was playing in my head. I, I threw the purple ray at it. And then all of a sudden both men stopped. They looked at each other with confusion. And the guy on top of the guy on the ground got up and put his hand up out and help the other one up and then they kind of walked off and I came out of the the weirdness (laughs) but it gave me the message that this concept of the purple ray is so powerful 
that it completely disarms them. Whatever DNA changes have been made, whatever disconnect from source has been made, it can be changed in an instant at the energy level. So I know that sounds really woo-woo and out there, but hey, we're woo-woo and out there. We've got to because that's that's where our power is. That's why they don't want us to wake up because we can stop them, not with guns and bullets, but with energy. So um, I'll throw that back to you. We're actually coming to the last three minutes or so of the show. All right, let me throw out some uh, resources here. There's a YouTube interview with Preston James, the Kazarian Mafia of Black Nobility and World Domination from uh, November 30th, 2016. Uh, YouTube channel, uh, type in Ted Mallory, two L's. Um, Betzer is interviewing uh, Preston there. So you can go do veteranstoday.com forward slash author forward slash Jim for uh, his um, essays. And then the latest one is the hidden history of the incredibly, incredibly evil Kazarian Mafia from... Uh, March 10, 2022. He does credit Mike Harris. Um, and his uh, James's most recent stuff, or really anything as far as uh, videos, is BitChute. And the Harris stuff is, um, like, if you, you type that in, it's mostly from, from Westall. But, again, Scott Bennett's um, Rumble page is on there weekly. Uh, great current events commentary. So, um, yeah, that's that's where people can... People can go. That's all I got. Yep. Things are happening. And we, we just try to bring you what seems to be trending, what seems to be important. And um, we're not gurus. We're not doctors. We're just researchers who are trying to spread the word. Because if the information gets out, those guys are, are cooked. And like I say... Use your imagination, it, because each and every one of us is a power source of energy. And if you begin to think in those terms, it, you can't control life, but you can work with life and listen to the guidance of your higher self, of your, of your soul, your spirit, whatever you want, want to think of it. But we have access to information that we don't really access because we don't use our imagination to access it. So... Um, one of the things that was brought out in the Harris thing was that we have an alternative reality already in place. And it's all the alternative technologies that we have for energy. And energy is the key to keeping anything going. And President Trump, in his inaugural address, he mentions this, more than mentions it, you know, that there are technological advancements that when they're put out there, a lot of the problems that we see or think are there will disappear. So there's a lot of really good things happening. Don't despair. Uh, and just, you know, keep keep learning. Keep doing it. We appreciate you all. Be safe. And, uh, Mark, you want to say goodbye? Uh, can I add to that? So a uh, recent Dr. Lee Merritt interview on After Hours with Dr. Sigalop. You could go find that in regular podcast app, apps. Also, Todd Callender was interviewed there last week. And then... Derek Johnson on X-22 on Saturday. So add that. And the Dark Journalist was on InfoWars a week or two ago. Really good talking about the esoteric tech that, that Trump is aware of in his family. So check those out. Cool. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Be safe. You've been listening to Radio 5G, a production of CosmicReality.com. 
Thank you for listening.